What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I know it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us during this uh, NBA playoffs. We've been doing a lot of NBA draft content on YouTube, so that's been a little bit of a of a uh, that's caught a lot of our attention to be much closer to the NBA draft. And I do implore people who have uh, not yet checked out our NBA draft coverage on YouTube, make sure you go to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media, where you can catch all of that. But we had to come back because the NBA Finals is here, and I, I don't remember exactly when the last time we had a podcast, Kendall. But man, I don't. This is a matchup that I don't think any of us foresaw, foresaw this happening. Um, we have the Suns and the Bucks. I did have the Suns coming out of the West, for what it's worth. Hey, money on that. I was money on that. It, the way they got there was hella strange. <laughs> You know, uh, you lose Chris Paul early in the first round, but you survive the Lakers after AD goes down. And the second series, who did they beat in the second series? I don't even remember. Oh, they they, they killed uh, Denver. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got Denver out of here. And then that Clippers series, which we were really excited about, and all of a sudden Kawhi just can't play because of an injury, which has been the story of the playoffs, are the injuries. Um, allows the Suns to, you know, still have a tough battle against the Clippers, but they they able to, they were able to move on. They're just a stellar performance from Chris Paul in Game Six, and then the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> it was, I'll be honest, Kendall, man, and I, I, I guess I start with this in this conversation. Kendall's my co-host today. I know the Suns, I think, are favored, and obviously Giannis has this injury, but like, it's weird that this is the year the Bucks made it to the finals. Like, you- just be, because like, I'm not convinced that. They've learned anything <laughs> from any of their other fast failures. Yeah, no. Like that, like and like, and I, I, I want to say that with respect to the Atlanta Hawks, it's very difficult to say that as a New York Knicks fan. But respect to the Atlanta Hawks, um, great playoff run, a team that has an extremely bright future, and will be a very intriguing team to see how they develop moving forward. Because I think that if you're a team in your wildest dreams, I think no one would have thought the Hawks would be in the conference finals, and I think they were probably two years ahead of wherever you thought their development should be. So I think that they kind of become next year's Miami Heat, where it's like, okay, I don't like I say it wasn't a fluke, but it's like, That's are, you, yeah. are you really this kind of team, or was this just this real magical run? Yeah. Yeah, There's no, more totally evidence, I think, to think that this team is real because the Heat were old. Not old, but older. They had older elements, and this team is young. But that's going to be their story moving forward. But 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 to be fair though, I mean the Bucks had a you know Trey Young got hurt mid midway this series. Um, the Brooklyn series they they survived, but the Brooklyn Nets had a bunch of injuries. And I don't know. I just don't. Sometimes when I look at this Bucks team, and I'm sorry to the Bucks fans who may feel like I'm already coming out stepping on their accomplishment. It was great to see them persevere without Giannis and still find a way to close out the. Hawks in pretty convincing fashion in those last two games. But I guess whatever I expect the Bucks needed to be to get to the NBA Finals, I don't know if I've seen that quite. I think the, the one great sign is that Middleton looks like he's – he is. I think he has truly grown into the moment of being that number two guy to the point where he's so good where if Giannis is out, he can still get good teams out number of the two. playoffs. I heard that he was <laughs> – but yeah. they were calling him Yeah. <laughs> the Cape Crusader himself. Uh, <laughs> but I mean that that aspect of this Bucks team is just interesting to me. Is 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 well, when they come into this finals, yeah. you gotta know what Giannis' health is. You gotta feel great about them making the finals, but it's it's like 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 the Raptors, when they made the finals, you really felt like when they played that series the Warriors, they exercised their demons of their past playoff failures. They came back from 2-0 behind against the Bucks. Um, Kyle Lowry had big games. They like you know, and it seemed like they were a different team with Kawhi. Like you just felt like I know, I know, I know. During that final, I think I was the guy who thought the Raptors could really win. I know you weren't as high on them that year, but like, yeah, I was not. But to, but I know for me and a lot of people, it really felt like that season in, in that playoff run that when they got to the finals. This is not going to be a team to mess around with. Like they're they're they they've earned their spot. They've made their growth. They're playing against the, the unstoppable Warriors. So who knows what will happen? And then we saw an injury happen, and that uh, cleared their path for a final for a championship. But 
I whatever those good feelings I had about the the Raptors, I don't have that about the Bucks. And this is barring anything to do with Giannis. Giannis was hundred percent healthy. I would still say the same thing. It seems like a lot of them getting here was very fortunate circumstances. There were a lot of points in this time where I felt like if one thing went this way, one thing went that way, they just wouldn't be here. What I think we've seen with the Milwaukee Bucks um, is glad to be here, by the way. What's up, man? Yep, good to be back. What I I think we've seen with the Milwaukee Bucks is that two things can be true at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You acknowledged, have the Bucks had the, as people like to joke, the Mickey Mouse role to, to an NBA Finals? Um, I mean, Mickey Mouse is probably, uh, you know, probably being a little too, um, you know, a little too uh, facetious. but Dismissive, yeah. Yeah, dismissive. But, like, you know, it's certainly, there's certainly luck has, has played a role and in, injuries have played a role in, in their path being easier. I think the Miami Heat series is probably the most impressive um, I don't know what that Miami team is. You know the way they look. That yeah, and that, yeah. That we thought they could be, and how the dangerous team that people, you know, like myself, even, you know, projected they could be. Then that was an incredible performance, but they just didn't look like it during that series. So I don't know what to make of it. Um, but then look, I mean, of course, like yes, if, you know, they played a Nets team that, um, I think if they were healthy, would have beaten the Bucks. Um, I think based on what we saw out of that series, it's hard to look at it another way. Um, you know, if Kyrie and, and Harden are there, you know, the Nets are probably in the finals right now. But, you know, it, that didn't happen in the Bucks advanced, and they, they, they did their jobs. And, I mean, I think they would have beaten the Hawks healthy, but the Hawks weren't healthy. And um, the Bucks weren't healthy either, and they still got it done. So I, I also get them yeah. for that. But at the same time, all those things can be true, but at the same time, I think we have seen development from this Milwaukee Bucks team. Um, it's incremental. I don't think it's you know anything massive, which is why some of the other factors also played a role in them being here. But we have to remember that if if I mean if Drew Holiday isn't there, I don't know if they're in the NBA. That, that is fair. You know what he's given them. Obviously, defensively, being able to guard almost every position on the court when needed um, at a high level. Um, just another another guy who can occasionally make timely baskets in the backcourt. Um, you know, he's a he's a I mean, he's a super superstar role player. You know, and that's not disparaging. I think he's just he's everything you would want in like just your heady you know, gritty point guard. Um, sometimes people ask and want more of him because he's making so much money. Um, but for what he gives you, he's going to give it to you at a high level. Um, but also Chris Middleton's development as a, as a late game shot maker, um, you know, it's everything that we you could have asked for from, like you said, that number two guy that we've been looking for, for this team. Um, this is the guy that, this is the guy that they've, that they've needed. A guy who late in yeah. games can take over, um, with or without Giannis. And when they have that guy, they're a tough team to beat. Um, and Middleton has really developed into that. And having both of those guys, they've always had solid role players. So yes. uh, you know, guys like Portis and Lopez and um, Tucker, and those guys making plays and playing good defense. Connaughton has been there, I feel like, for a million years now. Like, it, it those guys, that, that is... That's been their, their staple, but it's it's the it's the development from the from the stars mm-hmm. that really has helped them. Giannis, there hasn't been as much development, and that's probably also where you kind of look at it and you say Giannis might be a little bit more quote unquote lucky um, to be here to be in this spot because I don't think it's I don't think they're in this spot because of growth from Giannis as much as it is growth from. Yeah. The, you know the the number two and three spot on the team. And I do want to give Giannis some some. Flowers here because I know we've been on this. We haven't been on this podcast in a minute, and I, I would agree with that statement. But I do want to point out that when he was getting crushed in that Brooklyn series, he did put forth a great game seven to give his yeah. team a chance to win, and they won that game. But I, I have a point about all of this in development. But I just want to make that point before we talk about that. Yes. Um. So yeah, no doubt. I mean, no doubt the the, the path 
I mean, this is going to be a weird finals. Um, hopefully, it's high-level basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because if it is not, I mean, the, who, the winner is going to get bashed anyway. But if it's not high-level basketball and people kind of come away from this saying, you know, all right, this is a fluky championship. And that, that's mm-hmm. not what you want. Um you know, unless you're just somebody who just has hate in their heart and is like, I hope the winner appears fluky. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, I guess if you're a Bucks or a Clippers fan, I guess. Yeah, or a yeah, Hawks or Clippers fan. Yeah, 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 like a Hawks or Clippers fan, right? Um, yeah, no, I mean, because to me, the the roads for both teams involved a lot of injuries. Yeah, um, you're very. Un- I mean, the the Bucks are a team that you could have imagined making it, but because of the Nets' presence seemed unfathomable that they'd be able to beat them. And it seemed unfathomable that watching them play those first two games with yeah. you know, all with all those guys. Not even all those guys healthy, but just Kyrie healthy. <laughs> right. You know. And watching just, I mean watching the Nets in that Celtic series when they were healthy. Right. right, right yeah. That team really gonna lose to the Bucks. Right, yeah. But so when you couple that with then the the Suns being the team that, you know, it was sort of unfathomable prior to the season to think that this team would would make it to the finals. I think what we have to, I think what we all have to reckon with is that this Suns team was not nearly as far as, you know, we would have thought going into the season. You know, but you gotta like, give me some credit, though, because I've been on the Suns bandwagon since day one. Suns bandwagon for a long time. You know? I said before the season, this, I think this is a, a serious playoff team. Yeah, yeah, you said and that. Then, and, then, and then I said midseason, they would get the Clippers out of here in a series. You did say that. And then. When we got now, to the playoffs, I said if they beat the Lakers, they're going to the finals. The Kawhi thing, you know. <laughs> um, right, I'm just saying, like, I'm yeah. just giving myself some flowers and saying that this yeah. Suns emergence, yeah, Suns I really yeah. thought was, was po- I, I think they were going to get the finals in the, before the season? No, but I felt like yeah. their ceiling was super high, and as the season went on, I felt like they were a team to believe in. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like there's a massive difference, I think, between the Suns and Hawks. Um, Definitely, yeah. You know, and I think there's some similarities in that they were both lottery teams. You know, both teams drafting the top ten that ended up in the conference finals. Um, both younger teams. Um, but the Hawks seemed a little bit more ahead of schedule, lightning in a bottle, than this Suns team. Like, this Suns team is a legitimate title contender. Um, yeah, because the Suns, the Suns have more. The Suns have more proven veterans. Yes, they're more proven veterans. Chris Paul is is one of their two best players, and he's you know Hall of Famer. But even a Jay Crowder, like I saw someone post like his last five years. The guy's either been in the playoffs or conference finals like every year. I mean, to be in the finals or in the in the NBA, in the conference finals every year, he's always in the mix of the big games, and he's played pretty well in a lot of these series yeah. during this time. You know, so. Like, that guy, I know sometimes he's unpopular with other players in the league because of how he plays, but, like, that guy is just, he's going to be ready for these kind of moments and these kind of games. Like, that that 8-0 in the bubble was, like, we didn't know what to think of it, what to think of it last year. Yeah. It seemed like, it seemed like the Hawks were like, oh, this is lightning in the bottle. Like, <laughs> there's no way they're going to they're gonna be one of the best teams in the league next year. Um, And credit to James Jones for not not thinking with that mindset. That, nope. uh, you know, we, we're, we're still years away. Like, nope, he thought if they thought we could win it, they could win a championship. And they, like you said, they got aggressive. They stayed on top of themselves, and they got Chris Paul. Um, and now they're in the NBA Finals. And it's not a – this is a lot less of a fluke than, you know, I think a, a lot of people would have would have thought if you would have told me that, that the Suns made it to the final. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean – it's it's still it's still an interesting again I still preface a lot preface all that by saying that I I still want high level basketball because it's not those people are gonna say oh, the Suns the team that you know needed AD and LeBron to get hurt and yep. no Murray and no Kawhi you know now Giannis is banged up mm-hmm. and they win in five you know I mean people that 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 those people will be out there and same for the Bucks. Saying they didn't have to face Katie and Kyrie, or yeah. they didn't have to face Harden and Kyrie. And Trey Young got hurt in the middle of the series. Trey got hurt in the middle when they were looking kind of suspect. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, that, that that's it's not good for the league, but you know, it's where we're at now. So that's why you just gotta if you're in the league, you just gotta hope for a for a high level, highly competitive long series. Before I get to the song, one last thing on the box and your point about their development and it being incremental. You're one hundred percent right. In terms of their development, has there there's signs of it for sure in this playoffs. Not I think the difference for me is I feel like the, the improvements we did see under normal circumstances would not have been enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's where that aspect of for me, like, did the Bucks really like the scenario where I thought the Bucks make it to the finals, did that happen? I would say no. I would have thought the Bucks would have been just way more efficient in these games, they would like, there was just things I think they needed to get to, to get to a certain level to be a championship caliber team. And there were definitely, I agree. I think Drew, Drew Holiday to me is, is put together great ball really since game six must win in, in, in uh, Milwaukee. Um, pretty much since then, I feel like he's played great ball. And I mean, I know he had a really terrible start to game seven, but he had some big shots to, to win that game. Um, but to me, I, I just felt like, there was some aspect to the coaching, some aspects to the, the players as a group where whatever I would have thought they would need to get to, I don't think they got to, but it didn't matter because of the circumstances. And that's that's okay. I know, that, again, some people say that's I'm hating on the Bucs. I, I just think that's how I see it. I, I don't I don't intend it to be hate. I just look at them and I say, they got to the finals, they've improved, and they should be proud of their accomplishment. I personally feel like they got fortunate, but every team gets fortunate to win the finals. Let's just be 100. Like, again, keep it 100. Like, it, it, luck is part of being an NBA champion. And every time. I think, yes, every, for every single team that's ever won. And I think <laughs> the Bucks yeah. have gotten a lot of it, and it's helped them move forward. It doesn't negate what they've done, but it's just, to me, it's weird to talk about the Bucks in these finals and see the circumstances. Um, but then there are things to there are things to really be looked at and really be – impressed by again the fact that they were able to be in a situation where they didn't have Giannis for two big games in the playoffs and they were able to get rid of the Hawks I know the Hawks are the Hawks the one game they didn't have Trey Young next game he played definitely didn't seem to be 100% but again everybody's hurt you know you can't really use that as an excuse um the fact that they were able to get rid of them okay that was to me a big step I, I think a lot of people just chalked it up to oh yeah they'll definitely get uh game seven in you know Milwaukee with Trey Young back, and they they got rid of them, so they deserve a lot of credit for they, that. Yeah, that. That was the most impressive thing that I've seen in these. And, and it was, and it was Chris Middleton just saying, "All right, it's time to get these guys out." Of here. That Hawks team was game. It wasn't yeah. like Trey Young didn't have his best game, but you know, and Herder obviously didn't shoot well, but it wasn't like that Hawks team wasn't like Cam Reddish made up for Herder certainly, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and like they 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 tried and played hard and played fairly well, but the Bucks never let them back into the game. Yeah, Holiday and uh, Holiday and Middleton weren't gonna weren't gonna put their foot on the gas and said this game is over. Yeah, and that's and, what you and that and that's, that's what you want to see from a change of caliber team, yeah. right? So you know? so again, there have been signs of that improvement. Again, has it been enough for me to think that they they are going to win this series. I think that's that's what we're going to be talking about in this the rest of this podcast. I want to talk about the Suns real quick, though. I haven't gotten really to talk much on them. And look, man, that Chris Paul performance in Game 6, you want to just talk about the virtuoso performance. The You want to talk about the, it, it seems like it's meant to be moment. You know, every year we go back to who's the team of destiny and all that stuff. To me, that Game 6 with Chris Paul against his old franchise that he played for for a lot of years, just going nuclear in the second half. And he did it in a way, look, we've seen him do that this season. It's been it's very these very limited spurts. I know Knicks fans saw him do it at the Garden earlier this year. He's had these times when, okay, things are kind of tight. All right, I'm just going to take it over in a way that maybe people didn't think I still could. And... You watch that game and you start to think, man, this is might be this is might be it for Chris Paul. This might be his time. You know, he's locked in. And after what I thought it was a subpar performance in games, uh, game five. I, I thought he played bad in game four too. Yeah, no, yeah, even though they won, like I, I thought he was pretty it terrible. It was a real game four. cloud of a lot of people, and I vehemently disagreed at the time. But a lot of people 
that were like, oh, campaign. Like, Chris Paul's the reason they lose these games, and why is Booker playing worse with Chris Paul instead of campaign? Despite the fact that Devin Booker broke his face. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and he was playing with a broken face while he was playing with Chris Paul. But, right. you know, those questions were out there. And Chris Paul, you know, that was really, a, you know, kind of a statement game going into it. Yeah, yeah. And then while I thought some of that stuff was unfair, I did feel it was fair to criticize, I thought, Chris Paul's subpar play going up to game five. He did not He did not play well. You know, no. that, that was a fact. Whether yeah. or not the reasons. <laughs> right, whether, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, the guy was—he didn't get the rhythm. He was away from the team. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think it was a rhythm thing. And yeah. I think it was, oh, you know, when you're throwing a guy in when a team has built some momentum, yes, there's going to be some hiccups. Um, but yeah. I, didn't, I don't think any basketball person would deny that the Suns' best version of themselves is with <laughs> Chris Paul at his best. So, of course. and they trust me, the Lakers. Williams, you got to figure it out eventually. If you're yeah, going I mean, to yeah, I mean, they they learned. They almost learned the hard way against the Lakers. I think they just tried to just get him to do anything with that right arm that was struggling. Um, but what else? What I will say though is, I'm hopeful. I'm not. I'm. I'm not hopeful. I. I. I'm. I'm praying at this point that whatever happens in this series, if it's a good result for the Suns, that we won't see the Devin Booker erasure that we've seen really for most of these playoffs. Because. <laughs> Because Kendall, man, there's only there's one thing about oh, there's one thing about the narrative when it comes to how people have been covering the Suns' playoff run that's been, I think, atrocious. Has been this thing of none of these guys could uh, tie their shoes right until Chris Paul got there. You know, <laughs> these guys these guys didn't know how to um, you know how how to, how to put their shirt on. Had to put their one pants leg in and the other pants leg in until Chris Paul got there. And look, you want to say make that case about campaign and shout out to campaign, man. I, I love his game and I love how he's played. You want to make a case about a guy who's been you know, a journeyman who now is playing great. That's one thing. But they applying it to Devin Booker. Like he just ain't like he ain't even been this dude for like four years, five years. He's been an elite level scorer in this league. The guy scored 70 points in the game. I mean, He's been an elite level player, is his scorer in this game for a long time, and I think it's been a little bit tiresome to me to watch so many people just only give Chris Paul the credit for like their rise. Like, there's some aspect to yes, of course they took another step because Chris Paul got better, but there's some aspect to, but yeah, like they they're also good because Devin Booker now has help. Like there's that. Like I don't understand like when. Someone like uh, like LeBron or KD, in terms of like them going to other teams, and when they win championships or they get success, it's oh well those guys got help. That's the only reason why they didn't see now they won. And then with Devin Booker, it's just like oh well he's only winning because he got well, Chris yeah, Paul. I mean, look, how like how does that I make any sense? All season that I was I I never took the Chris Paul MVP thing seriously. I know you didn't. Yeah. Because like, he's not the best player in his own team, so I—I I mean, I can't give a guy MVP when you're the second most player in your team. I mean, it's—and it's no disrespect to Chris Paul. It's just Devin Booker is the engine of that basketball team. Like, there, there are certain guys. I, there, I talk about this a lot. There are two, there are two star, okay, Just one real quick, Kendall. There are two stars yeah. on that team. There's one star who can take quarters and even games off to rest to make sure that they can. Be ready for the playoffs. There's one star yeah. who can't. Guess yeah. what? The star who can't, he's yeah. the best player. <laughs> I don't care. You know, if, if there's a guy on the team who could take games off and they can still find ways to win, it's all good. Yeah. And that that, that guy is not the best player. He's a great there player. Are, there are NBA players, DJ, that when and I talk about this a lot when we talk about our draft coverage, like. When you look at building an NBA team, and you're talking about like franchise level guys, or you know max level guys, or starter, even just starters, there are guys who can be engine of an NBA team, and then there are guys who can be or are the connective tissue that um, can fill in the holes. And, and let's be clear, team, you need both to win championships. You every almost every championship team has both, and. Chris Paul, at one point of his career, was the engine. Most of his career was the engine of yeah. any team he was on. Yeah. 
But at this stage of his career, I mean, I'm not even saying he can't do it. But for the Phoenix Suns team, he's not the engine. It's, it's Devin Booker. They run everything through Devin Booker. He's the offense. Like, if he wasn't there, this Suns team, I don't think, would be in the finals. Because how are they going to consistently be able to get offense like they can win games, they can figure it out, but I don't know if they I don't know if they can go a long stretch long stretch without him. Chris Paul is the thing that makes is the guy is the guy that glues everything together. Look, yeah, we're, we we talk he, a lot we talk a lot about superheroes on this show on this podcast, Kendall, and um, I think there's to me it's very simple. In the Justice League, Batman does all the strategies, puts everybody in the right position. Um. Uh, is the master strategist and his plan for everything. You need him on the team to get any mission done. But guess what? When you gotta move a planet, you can't do it without you can't do it without Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to actually do the legwork and the groundwork. Yeah. And that to me with the clipper with the Suns to me, that often is the three and a half quarters it takes of Devin Booker being the emphasis of the offense to keep them moving. Yeah. Or and it's the, hey, when we need a guy to get 45 tonight, I know Chris Paul had 41 in the last game, so I know people, he's capable, but the t- other t- most typical nights, somebody got to get 45 for us to win this game. Again, somebody's got to move that planet. Shout out. It ain't gonna be, it's it's got to be Devin Booker every time. So guess what? That guy, you need him. That's <laughs> not acting like he's he's a afterthought. I John Rivers on Twitter, one of these guys on Twitter, joked that <laughs> Chris Paul. And they've been on this. A lot of these guys on Twitter have been on the whole. You know, Chris Paul's getting all the getting all the yeah the Devin Booker erasure. That's what it is. But like like he said, Chris Paul is the, is, is is Chris Paul with a fifteen point lead is, is, is a generational talent. <laughs> well, Chris Paul with fifteen point lead, the best player in the league. Because that's when he that's when he started getting his buckets. He starts really going off. But no, I mean, it's it's really interesting um, to see this development. And I think for a lot of teams around the league, they're gonna have to pay attention to this Suns, especially if the Suns win a title. But mm-hmm. the Suns and the Hawks, like there are gonna be teams that that are drafting in the lottery that I think really have to seriously look at their rosters and feel like. I don't like. I don't think this Suns thing is like an anomaly that will never happen again. I think the NBA. I think. I think if you have a really good coach, and if you have young star players, I think other teams can do this. I don't know if you're going to the finals, but other lottery teams can compete. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you're if you're like a, you're like a Dallas Mavericks, if you're an Atlanta Hawks, if you're um, well, the Hawks one of those, did. You know, I, know, but they, I, I know, but they didn't they didn't get like the Chris Paul guy. They got a bunch of good right. players, but not like a, a star or a future Hall of Famer. And like I to me, if you're one of those kind of teams where like where you're like it looks like you're a good team, but you probably you know it's unclear whether or not a, a, a like a superstar guy or a star guy would put you over. You need to just make the move. Just go do it. Like, just yeah. be aggressive because you don't know what's going to happen. And you also don't know how those young players are going to rise up around. Like, you your know star who player. I look at? Because that's what De- DeAndre Ayton has done, too. When I look at teams that can be the next Phoenix Suns, I look at Minnesota. And I say, mm-hmm. Minnesota played really well at the end of last season. Anthony Edwards really came on and figured it out. They already have a guy who, you know, I love in Carlton Towns. We really flipped on the Towns thing. He used to be the Towns guy. And I used to be kind of like, eh, I don't know. But now, yeah, <laughs> now no, I'm still. I'm, I, mean, I haven't really moved on Towns, but I think a lot of people have, have, are down on him. But like, and look, I don't think the, the Suns. I don't think the team was making the finals next year. But that's the that's the the profile of a team that has. They have obviously have D'Angelo Russell as well. They have young star level players. They probably need one more veteran level star kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But a team like them, a team like even Sacramento, which sound again, that probably sounds ludicrous because they made the playoffs. In 15 years, but if they make the right move, they could wind up being a playoff team next year and being really competitive. So, I, I don't think this Suns formula is something that should be dismissed. No, I don't think so either. Um, what are we thinking in terms of uh, predicting this series? I feel like 
it's it's very hard not knowing what Giannis's health is. I know with Bud Sounds like he's gonna play. Bud says it's day to day. I assume he's gonna give it a go. Now game one is not the same as a game seven. So it sounded like he would have played in a game seven, but they may be more willing to surrender a game one than obviously a game seven. Yeah, you're on the road already. So I know technically it's like the normally the thinking is the your best chance to get one on the road is in game one. Yes. That's so, the most yeah, so there may be the idea that, you know, can you afford to give up a game one and say, let's get him more healthy for game two? If that was me, that's what I would do. I would be saying, look, I need him to be as healthy as possible to get one of these. Yeah, games. if it's a question, if his health is a question, then. Yeah, I know, okay, if we go into game one and they blow us out, that hurts our confidence. Or if they just kind of see what we're doing against them and they're able to adjust for game two, that hurts us. My argument would be, well, I got Giannis coming in game two, so. Whatever y'all did, y'all got to change everything. So I think that, to me, I would rely on that. I would wait, put that more weight into that than the idea of game one being your chance to steal a game on the road. But for me, it's it's tricky, man. I, I think I, I think I'm going with the Suns because I just, I just have a little bit more belief. I just don't know what Giannis is, man. I, he, I know he extended his knee. And thank God he had no structural damage. I just feel like that's it. I just feel like that's not an injury where a guy's coming back in a week. That's, to me, that's like a, a like a like a maybe a three week thing. And the fact that he's gonna be trying to maybe come back earlier than maybe he should. I know it's kind of crazy, but that picture of him holding that trophy, and he's sitting on sitting on in the locker room. You see yeah. how like his left knee looked just like gigantic. It looked so swollen to me. <laughs> like, how have you seen that picture? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of telling because the right knee, you know, he's not wearing a sleeve. And then you see the left knee, he's got, you know, it's to me this bulge at the, his kneecap. And I'm like, that don't look like a guy that would have been any use to them if he tried to play today. So I think he's going to be, is he going to be better in, you know, five or six days? Or, you know, I tend to think maybe not. Right. And I tend to think that any game he doesn't play, they're not beating the Suns. I know they beat the Hawks one game. Or two games. I don't think that they can beat the Suns without Giannis as long as Booker is out there and can be somewhat functional with that injury to his face. And, you know, Chris Paul is still playing like Chris Paul. I think there's a little too much firepower over there in Phoenix. Um, I think I think this will be a much better series than many people think. I think that this will be pretty well played. Um, I think it will probably go deep. I'm saying the Suns will win in about six. Um... I think Giannis will play. Um, I think Giannis, if he is, if he, if Giannis is playing, I would assume. I mean, the old adage is typically the guy is out there. You have to assume he's healthy. He's healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of no excuse. Now, sometimes you can tell. Like Trey Young was hurt. You know, when he was playing yeah. his last game, and it obviously affected him. Um, Giannis strikes me as a guy that if he's playing, will probably be. Like I don't know how much worse he, he can he can get, you know. Like if he if he can't explode, like I don't know if he's gonna be out there. You know what I mean? So yeah, he seems to be like, he seems to me like the kind of he seems to me like the kind of player that it, I mean, if he don't got his legs, I mean, I I don't know what use he is. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> why would you throw him out there? Like Trey Young, you would at least you think you know he can right, the man, floor maybe a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah he spaces the floor. and, and he get, he can get you organized offensively. Right, he still is passing his vision, his IQ. Right. Like he still gives us something, but then you you notice oh, but then you notice the other things he can't do. Like Giannis, you, you, Giannis, there is no oh, I can't really jump the same, but I'll you know float on the perimeter and jump <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't that's, that's not what he's gonna do. So I'm assuming that if if he's close to being able to play, that he's going to be somewhat effective. Be close to being what not Giannis yeah. normally is. Right, and I and I'll be honest, you know, and you know, I'm not even gonna say. I was gonna go into the full. Look, maybe the Bucks don't need him, but I'm not gonna be that. Yeah, guy. please not. Let's please not be that guy. <laughs> I'm not gonna be that guy. I'll be honest. But you know, I, I will acknowledge that it was interesting how well they played without, um, at least in the the one game or two games that they played without him. Um, there were some 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 spacing things and some. Yeah, 
I think there's some things. Look, I think there's something that you just you gain and something you lose with any right. player on the court, given their strengths and weaknesses. Giannis's yeah. strengths are so massive that you don't yeah. care that he doesn't space the floor. But yeah, did yeah. it help? And did it help some of these other guys to just have better spacing without him out there? Yes. Now, usually, now the question is, okay, those guys so good where it's you prefer not to have Giannis out there so that they can play a little better. The you answer know, is hell no. The answer is hell no. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the answer is hell no to that. So, like, so when this whole thing of, oh, they better Giannis, that, that whole argument is stupid. But the, you can you can see guys say, okay, there are elements to their games that are going to open up when he's not out there just because they can put somebody out there that gives them more space, like a Bobby Portis. That's right. accurate. It's not, a, not again, it's not shading anybody. It's just those are just the facts. But well, look, guess what? Those guys just ain't good enough for me to say. You know what? I don't. I don't want Giannis out there at all. Like they ain't good enough. Because what? Because I can't. I'm not confident that Chris Middleton is going to play that way for seven games. Right. You know what now, I'm saying? I'll, I'll 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 be the guy that's like you look at the way the Sixers work. Like without Ben Simmons, like I, you know, you could make a strong case that they were that they would have been a better team had he just not been on the court. Um, right. He's know? not as good as Giannis though. Even if you want to make, yeah, even want, yeah, even yeah, want to have like, that conversation. That's the thing. Like he's not Giannis on the level. Cool. There's a level. Right. <laughs> there's a level to if you're going to make that comment, and you're not going to make it about a guy like Giannis. But but yeah, no. I'm assuming that if Giannis is is out there and he's um 75 percent of 80 percent of what he is, uh, I think the Bucks get this series. I think they I think they wrap this series up. Um, I think they win it. I think they, um, you know what. To me, whoever wins this series is gonna be this is gonna be the toughest road. But I think that they've faced more adversity than the Suns team had. And I'm sure the Suns would be like, What? You know, know. we haven't faced adversity, but right. um I mean look, they, they I mean, they beat a Laker team that yeah, they had to deal with their own injuries in that series, but um once they kind of figured the Lakers out and the Lakers couldn't get A D back, um they, they, weren't, they weren't yeah. capable, you know, yeah. of beating them. They weren't capable of scoring with them, more more particularly. But um, the Nuggets, you know, say what you want about them. I don't know how great that team was, but um, they went through them pretty easily. Yeah, um, Suns in four. Yeah, Suns in four. And, <laughs> you know, the the Clippers series, that's, that, was, that was not an easy Clipper team to beat, even without Kawhi. You know, Ty Lue is a hell of a coach. I give you a lot of credit on that one because I've been – pretty condescending towards Ty Lue for the last couple of years, but he yeah. earned a tremendous amount of respect um, from, from myself, but um, not that he cares, but, but <laughs> I, you know, I gotta just, I gotta, I gotta eat that crow, but, um, but still, you know, they, they, they still figured even that team out. Um, and they may, they may make this series look easy as well. Um, but I feel like this is going to be the toughest opponent that they faced um, especially if Giannis is there. Um, and I think defensively, this will be the toughest challenge that they've faced. Um, the Clippers, especially, especially without Kawhi, they, they're not, not, not that they're a bad defensive team and the Lakers obviously, um, are a great defensive team as well when Anthony Davis is there, especially, but, um, having a guy like Drew Holiday on the perimeter, I think, offers them something that the other teams. I mean, Patrick Beverly don't. don't tough, yeah. The only reason why I can't go that far and say this is the toughest challenge in terms of how to guard them is because I typically just haven't really seen Bud make any real adjustments that like would make me like if you if you figure out take away that first option, I just feel like they don't really have a second option. I think not having Giannis actually made them coach a little bit. It's probably also why they played a little better. They couldn't just do what they normally do, which is usually terrible basketball. Right. So, like, so if Giannis is out there, I mean, I'm not saying they're easier to go when Giannis is out there, but I'm saying if they, so if they find a way to, 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 to cut off what they like to do when Giannis is out there, I, I can't say this is an easy – because the Bucks didn't become very easy to guard. The question yeah, is, can you stop so their first option? The Bucks. On the other side of the floor, on the other side of the floor, defensively, the Bucks will be a tough matchup. Oh, you mean trying to score in the Bucks is going to be hard? Yeah, you know, with Drew. Oh Hall, yeah, oh yeah, that's Middleton, Lopez yeah. protecting the rim. Like it's, it's not going to be PJ Tucker, obviously. Like you know, 
And look, they've faced some pretty – I mean, the Nuggets, no, but they faced some pretty good defensive teams in both L.A. teams. So, I, you know, it's not it's not like they faced only offensive teams, but um, – this will be this will be a unique challenge for because this is going to be a team that presents real rim protection and high level wing and perimeter defenders. So, um, but I, but then we could also see on the other side the Suns also have that. Yes, because Bridges, Crowder, and Tory Craig, kind of like what I talked about when they were going LeBron, which was like I felt like they. They gave you a punching chance against LeBron, and LeBron wasn't healthy, so then they had more than a punching chance. Like, again, I feel like they gave you, you got a punching chance against Giannis and Middleton with, like, those kind of defenders, and then you got Aiden at the rim. Aiden, who came yeah. into the league as a subpar defender, has turned into a, just a monster in the paint. Just, he just, just completely unstoppable around the basket, whether it be offensively or defensively on the glass. I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. Um, You know... I, you know, I've heard a lot of people, you know, they've given DeAndre Aiden his flowers. Good for them. In these playoffs. And he's, and he's been terrific. You know, I think he, he's earned them um, with how he's played. But what I will say is I think the Suns have to be – I think the Suns have to think about the max extension they're going to give. In what That's way? Not. I just think that I think we've it's, seen a lot of teams because you don't because you don't because to be clear if you don't extend them you have to trade them. So that's what you're well, suggesting. I, <laughs> that's the I'm, I'm, let's, let's let's just take it let's just take it where it's so going. What I'll say is this: the Suns have to think about the max extension they're going to give DeAndre Aiden way more than the Mavs or the Hawks have to think about the Luca and Trey Young extension. They don't have to think about it as hard as the Grizzlies are going to think about Jaron Jackson, but. They're going to have to think about it because, to me, I think teams have been giving out these max contracts willy-nilly, you know, these, <laughs> the last couple of years. Um, I've seen it as a Celtics fan. Obviously, he's not Kemba Walker. He's 20, what, 22, 23, whatever he is. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, I mean, he, like, he's not, he's had no major injuries. Um but really, the more apropos comparison is, I mean, you look at Ben Simmons' deal. You look at Andrew Wiggins' deal. And those were guys, the Wiggins thing we knew at the time was nuts because Glenn Taylor had to had told Wiggins to look him in the eye. Had to beg him to not, not be white. Yeah. yeah, please work on your game, man. And Wiggins was like, of course I will. <laughs> I'll do anything. But... um. But to me, I, the, the reason I say this is very simply put, if DeAndre Ayton doesn't get any better than what he is right now as a player, regular season, postseason included, it, will he be worth the money he's making? So here's what I'll say on that. Kind of the way. answer to that is, in my opinion, no. So that's I why think, I have so to it, think. Right. Because that's where Simmons and Wiggins were. No, they're not worth it now, but we assume they'll get better, and they haven't gotten any better. So here's what I say about Aiden, why I disagree. With Simmons and with Wiggins, those guys had very clear deficiencies that made you very concerned about whether or not they would get any better. That's fair. Wiggins, it seemed like it was something internal. With uh, Simmons, it was the shot. Yeah. There were aspects to them that felt perhaps they, they, they were after that it felt like you couldn't fix what they had issues with so you had to really seriously consider we might not be able to ever get this aspect of this person's game out of them and what does that mean if we can't i don't know if those teams really ever truly considered it i think they were trying to just feel confident that their young guy would figure it out or that they would just appreciate their young guy for who they were if it meant that wiggins is more of a number two you know beta kind of guy then that's who he is if it means simmons just can't make a shot outside of eight feet then that's just who he is and those teams now are looking well team rules that he's not guys not even on the team and then with the Sixers, you know they're not second guessing where they move forward with him with Aiton, he has no deficiencies i mean i mean the guy works hard he plays hard on the court you've already seen improvement 
I don't care what, you know, you could say, oh, his numbers dipped in terms of scoring. The guy's a better player than he was the last two seasons. Yeah. And watching how unstoppable he was against the six, I mean, he just ate Zubac's lunch in this series. And Zubac is not a scrub. He's a really good player. And he just made Zubac look like he didn't deserve to be on the floor with him. And that was after yeah. Zubac handled uh, Gobert the last series, you know? So I, I, I disagree because I just think that Aiden is that dude. So, Aiden is a dog, and yes, is there the aspect of, look, Chris Paul ain't going to be there forever, so you're going to have to find someone that can get him easy shots. Yes, I agree with that, but Aiden has game. I've seen this guy hit turnaround fadeaways in this series. I've seen him hit jump shots. In this, like, he's not just a guy I'm only getting lobs and dunks. Like, that's the only way I play. And the but, fact that he can go and get his on the offensive glass tells me, regardless of whether Chris Paul's out there, he's going to get, he's going to score. Overall... Like, like again, like Doncic and Trey Young, if they didn't get any better, they'd still be worth the money. <laughs> it would be it's no question, you know, they'd be worth that money. But, but I guess my point is that I haven't seen anything to think that Aiden won't get better. I've seen stuff that not think that Wiggins and other guy won't get better. That's why I say we should probably do it. But that's right. where also where I, this is why I just say they have to. And also, look, you just can't lose the asset for nothing. Like, and you're not going to trade DeAndre Aiden. You're not going to get back. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. If you're saying you're not going to extend him, then you got to trade him. That's the only other right. conversation. I, I don't. He's not the kind of guy you're getting good value for. He's a center. Right. Which is why, I mean, again, I'm just saying this conversation needs to be had. Okay. Well, that's yeah. why it's been happening. Podcast. I, I don't know if it's happening. Yeah, I'm. I'll be curious if it's happening in James Jones's front office, but uh, but you know, you no stern, no stern on turns on new generation uh sports talk. Um, so you going with the Bucks? Sorry, quick, yeah. Go ahead. I would say was, you know, I think people are also jumping a little too far on the Reggie Jackson thing as well. Um, what that he needs to get a lot of money. Yeah, look, I don't know what his market is, but, yeah, but that's what you're saying. You think they're jumping too far on that aspect of it? Just yeah, I mean, just this idea that. You know, I mean, he's like a team should value them. A team should value him as a starting point guard, free agent, uh, piece. Is that's not how I still look at Ricky. I mean, he's played played that well in the postseason, but I think yeah, he still yeah, is. A, yeah, he was that dude in the playoffs. To be honest, he's a mid level exception, like playoff team. Or I'm not a player. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, like, you know, the way he played, I know it was unfortunate because none of this guy's teammates stepped up to allow him to go further. But to me, it was like how Derrick Rose was playing against the Hawks. Like, he's sure. a very talented player who's been around the block, who in in these games that are important, and there are a lot of guys who may have never been here before, the guy has ability. He can hurt people. Like, he's you know, a good player. And, and, and I think Reggie is that kind of guy, though. I think that means he should, you know – parlay that into, you know, a multi-year $80 million contract or something where he's making, you know, $20 million annually. No, but he's a good player that in certain situations, in certain circumstances, he definitely could be a, help you. It's just, you got, it's just depending on the situation, you know. The NBA is also a weird league where I feel like, you know, when he talked about, you know, shout out to that, I thought that really, really, I loved that thing he talked about, about the Sixers, the Clippers saving him. Just, I don't know, just, it, it struck a chord with me, but, um, but you got to take the context. You know, he is thirty-one years old, so you got to look at okay, how many years am I getting from him at that level that we saw in just these last eight or so games of the playoffs? It's uh, it's it's, it's just something to be said. I, shout out to Reggie Jackson though; he had a great series and a great playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, you know me; I've always been a Reggie Jackson guy. Um, yeah. I think on a lot of levels, I probably. I'm probably a little more trepidatious because I was so I was so high on Reggie Jackson and he kind of um, never lived up to the upside that I thought he had in Detroit, uh, really in OKC. And then when he got to Detroit, I thought this guy could be an all star. And, you know, he kind of plateaued a little bit. But um, I think sometimes these guys fall a little to the other the other side of the spectrum where now then people think this guy, this guy can't play. And, that you know, there's a lot of guys in the league. You know, like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, the guy, he shouldn't have been in China. He clearly shouldn't have been in China. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. He's you know, too talented. Someone like Andre Drummond, we're going to, you know, wake up and be like, hey, whoa, this guy, Drummond, couldn't play in the playoffs last year. Now he's averaging 15 rebounds? What happened? All right. I mean, Andre Drummond's a good player. I mean, he's yeah, not... Yeah. 
not a superstar, but you know, he's got to be in the right situation. But, but yeah, no, there's a lot of great, a lot of really good players in the NBA. I think that's what Navy Millen was trying to say about this Hawks team at, in, in the post game. He's like, he wasn't sh- shocked. He's like, look, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talent in the NBA. You yeah, know? these guys are professionals, man. And Navy Millen yeah. has done it twice now, where he's taken teams that people thought should be in the gutter and made them playoff. Play, perennial perennial playoff type teams mm-hmm. um so i mean yeah, he that, 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 that interim tag is still on and that joint should be off yesterday yeah yeah i mean they're really in for your name email and there really is no like more attractive job you know that would be the only conversation is like would he would he look at like washington like he wouldn't want to go to washington no come on new orleans i mean maybe new orleans is something no, he thinks no, about you no you don't do that you wanted to work with David Griffin, so we've been it's off from Chicago so long. We didn't, I didn't. I didn't even get to go in on David Griffin, but no, you're not was t- an assistant under Alvin Gentry. But yeah. but yeah, no. Nah. He said his son was an assistant under Alvin. Yeah, which Alvin yeah, Gentry's well, not there. Yeah, you definitely. You definitely taking that job then. <laughs> the way they got Alvin out of there. Nah, man. Shout out to Nate McMillan on a great run. Shout out to Reggie Jackson on a great play, postseason. So, Kenny, you got Bucks in how many games in this finals? Um, I'll go Bucks in uh, six. Bucks in six. I got Suns in six. It's going to do it for this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast, our NBA Finals review. Excuse me, uh, preview. Um, excited to be back talking sports talk. Of course, remember, we'll be doing a lot of NBA draft content on our uh, YouTube channel. That's New Generation Media. But all of our other shows, in terms of podcasts, make sure you find that. On the New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on, on our YouTube, as I said, New Generation Media. Check us out on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and Facebook, New Generation Media. Um, you can find us individually on social. Kendall's are at, uh, at New Gen Ken on Twitter. I am at EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter and Action EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys so much again for checking us out. Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace, guys. Peace.